Welcome to WMPG Podcasts, brought to you by WMPG and the University of Southern Maine. Be sure to check out all the available podcasts at wmpg.org. Welcome to Maine Quality, where community leaders share their visions for Maine. I'm Orion Breen, and this interview with Pete Vigu, former CEO of Chinbro, was recorded in July of 2017. How are you doing tonight, Pete? I'm great. Thank you very much for the invitation. What's happening at Chinbro that you want people to know about? As you well know, our company is an employee-owned company. Our success depends in a big way on people. Recognizing that some of us are getting of age, uh, it's important to plan for the future. And not only does that hold true for me, but it holds true for all of the people in our company in light of the fact that the company and organization is growing significantly. And at the same time, uh, we need to prepare for what is inevitable that some of us uh, will retire someday and also uh, do some of the fun things in life outside of what we do at work. And as a result of that, we do a tremendous amount of education uh, and training within our company. Uh, That has been ongoing for Uh, a number of years. Uh, We've outgrown our uh, existing facilities and as a result of that on August 17th we will be opening our new institute uh, in Pittsfield where we bring uh, people for uh, an introduction to our company uh, and also do significant amounts of uh, education and training in every craft from uh, the craft levels, uh, uh, welders, uh, pipe fitters, millwrights, uh, and people in every trade, as well as our management and leadership training. And also over the course of the summer, uh, we do a significant amount of education uh, and training with boot camp for high school uh, students, as well as college students who are interns within our organization come from a number of different states uh, where we not only give them an introduction to the company, but also uh, put them in situations where they can be exposed to every level of our organization and also can develop participation in projects on a go-forward basis. Is it tough finding new people to join the construction industry? Well, I I think that in general, uh, the uh, public perspective of the construction industry many years ago was that uh, it was an industry where people get hurt and and have uh, significant uh, physical challenges. And uh, we certainly within our organization over the last 35 or 40 years changed that uh, whereby our company is recognized on a, a national uh, basis as being the healthiest and safest company in America. Uh, we put a tremendous amount of emphasis on that, uh, and we continue that effort to in- make that part of our introduction to these people and how important it is not only to work safe in the workplace, but work safe in everything you do. And it's about the habits that we form, and it's about the the way we get introduced to participating not only in the workforce but uh, in the things we do at home as well. You mentioned your headquarters in Pittsfield. How important it is, is it to the company to be located in Pittsfield as opposed to a larger city like Portland? Well, we, we have two offices in Portland. Uh, 
one on Commercial Street, which is our marine facility and, and a number of people that work within that facility there and also an office in Falmouth. Uh, we have a, our headquarters room in Pittsfield. Our, one of our steel fabrication facilities is in Pittsfield. Our equipment uh, organization is headquartered in Pittsfield. And we have a marine facility uh, and also a modular facility in Broad, Maine on the Penobscot River. That is a, a facility that has 41 acres and access to the ocean. So um, we are from Maine, but we also have a number of facilities uh, outside the state of Maine in places like Maryland, just outside of Chicago and New Lenox, uh, and also in Texas and Washington State and a number of other places uh, uh, throughout the United States. We operate in 40 states, um, but we're a main headquartered company. We intend to stay that way, uh, and a lot of the folks that represent us uh, are from Maine as well uh, on an ongoing basis. Pittsfield is a small rural community. I grew up just down the street from Pittsfield, and it means a lot to the community of Pittsfield and the surrounding towns, I think, to have an organization like Chinbro keep their headquarters locally. Well, we think that's very important. We know we can make a difference uh, in the town of Pittsfield, but we also believe we can make a difference in the state of Maine. Uh, we've not forgotten where we came from. Our philosophy in terms of the way we manage the company and treat people, and including our clients, has not changed. We don't want that to change. We kind of like it the way it is. Uh, but at the same time, as generations come forward in, uh, into our organization, we don't want to uh, have them forget where they came from and what we're all about philosophically and how we operate and conduct ourselves in the community. Chinbro is Maine's largest 100% uh, employee-owned company. How does that ownership affect the way the company is run and the work you do? Well, the, the key is to, to share the philosophy with, with our team members and future team members, but also to get them to understand what a real owner is about and how they conduct themselves and the fact that uh, their success depends on uh, their future in a big way in terms of personal growth as well as an opportunity to make a good living uh, that includes benefits that allows them to work in an environment that's non-threatening and at the same time to engage them and keep them fully employed on an ongoing basis. We think that's pretty important, particularly in light of uh, the state and the challenges that we face here uh, in the state of Maine from an economic perspective. Uh, and that helps people to really understand what it's all about and, and spread the word within our organization and, and conduct themselves uh, in line with our philosophy and, and that it's important in terms of how they project our image, how they behave, and how they give back at the same time. It used to be that companies, they would hire somebody and want the person to work there their entire career. You guys seem to have that same mentality. Well, philosophically, we've done pretty well about retaining people in our organization, and it's a wonderful thing uh, for me uh, to celebrate one's success in our organization and when they have the opportunity uh, to celebrate their retirement and be recognized uh, for their contribution. At the same time, it, it sends a clear message to the next generations that we're not just in it uh, for today, but we're in it for the long haul. 
and that if people work smart, they work hard, they work together uh, as a team, and they uh, understand our culture, and they work safe, that they can personally benefit from doing that and, and working together. And it, it, it is truly all about people. Our success is all about people, nothing more. All about the fact that they commit themselves to the organization, to one another, and at the same time have a little fun along the way uh, makes it enjoyable. So somebody who retires as a welder after 40 or 50 years, they have quite a stock package built up? Well, the they, they, financial package, yeah. uh, they are rewarded. Uh, and I must say that, you know, 40, 50 years ago, when people retired from the construction industry, uh, it, was, it was a real challenge for them. Uh, I don't believe it's a challenge for folks that retire for our, from our company. Uh, they enjoy that. They go home in the same condition they come to work in every day. We insist on that and we take care of them. And if they're, they're I, I'd like to say, and it sounds a little bit corny, it's like a big family. That's the challenge uh, that we have on an ongoing basis when we have 4,000 team members working in 40 states. That makes it even more challenging. But again, uh, we work at that very, very hard every day, and we want people uh, to enjoy what life has to offer. Uh, I can't say that that happened 40 or 50 years ago, certainly within this industry, but I think more and more it's it's happening, and, and uh, it challenges other companies to do the same uh, thing that we're doing in terms of the employee ownership and, and also uh, understands the importance of working safe and people going home in the same condition. What do you say to folks coming out of high school, a two-year or four-year college, to get them excited about working in the industry or working at Chinbro? We are very, very much a part of working in technical high schools across the state. Uh, and the reason why we do that is that they represent 20% of the total population uh, in the state of Maine. Unfortunately, uh, they don't get 20% of the funding in these schools. So we participate uh, in these facilities. We've bought them over the years curriculum. Uh, we've uh, bought them equipment and materials and even shared uh, some of our instructors with them over time to get uh, these young people uh, aware and alert to the offerings not only of the construction industry, but to help offset the lack of resources that these uh, 28 technical high schools have in the, within the state of Maine, which is, which is a big challenge. Uh, actually, if you go back and you think about it, uh, many of these young people that are in these organizations uh, or, or go to these facilities on a, on a routine basis uh, really don't have much hope or understanding about what they can do to be successful and as a result they become part of the social programs that exist in this state which is very unfortunate so we we believe that what we're doing is good for these young people in many ways not we don't touch every one of them for sure uh, but we would encourage people to participate in these technical high schools if uh, and and learn about the skills that are necessary to be introduced in these institutions so that these young people that uh, in the state have not only uh, hope but some sense of a vision on what they could do on a go-forward basis. I don't think they clearly understand it. 
Uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, we're only one company, and we encourage others to participate. And, uh, and it is uh, part of the answer to our needed workforce on an ongoing basis in this state. There are some great uh, facilities that are doing this on a statewide basis. Uh, and, and at the same time, understand the only way that they could be funded to the level that they need, uh, they need outside support. Uh, they do not get adequate support uh, from a statewide, on a statewide basis uh, for the resources that they need to educate these young people. Uh, that's something we hear a lot about is businesses saying the workforce doesn't have the education or the skills that they need. You guys are getting hands-on with the technical uh, schools and high school programs. You would encourage other businesses to get more involved in workforce education in order to meet these needs? A absolutely. It's incumbent on business to be party to this problem. Uh, government is not going to do it alone. And they, they need our support. They need to participate in the educational program. It is not uh, it is not the community's responsibility. It is not the state's responsibility. I believe that uh, that businesses need to play a role in this these initiatives and it's part of the answer part of the solution and it's incumbent that businesses participate in these technical high schools particularly in those areas where there is no formal education in some of the categories or some of the markets that these uh, entities companies participate and and as a result of that we've done it we've done it very successfully now for well over 20 years and we'll continue to grow uh, and do that and in addition to that you know we have made massive investments and have full-time instructors within our company uh, that educate the workforce as they come into the company and even though they might uh, start at an entry level they have the opportunity uh, to learn a number of years ago uh, we built uh, a number of modules that were shipped to Texas uh, as a massive project. We had 950 people on site. We needed to train 200 welders, and we did that. Uh, and the unfortunate part of that whole thing, 20% of those people we trained had four-year college degrees and were working uh, at projects that were way uh, and jobs that were well under their educational capacity and yet they were very very successful as welders within our company and it just proves to us that there is a tremendous need for ongoing uh, training and education in the skills area in this state and also in this country. You didn't start at Shinbro as CEO uh, you worked your way up through the ranks. How has that affected your perspective and management style? Well, if you, if you ask for my management style, I don't work for the company. I work for the people that work in that company. I don't own the company. I know what it is like to start at the bottom of the barrel long before I joined Chimbro, as a matter of fact. And, and I had the good fortune of having some outstanding mentors along the way. And, and I studied the mentors more than I studied uh, the skills side of it. And as a result of that, they were great examples for me, gave me an opportunity uh, to learn. And, and as a result of that, I've 
come to understand my role and responsibility as a leader is to look out after the people, give them the same opportunity I have, and listen to them very intently. Uh, and I do work for them. I don't work uh, for anyone else. I, granted, I have a board of directors that helps us to guide and shape the future of the company. But more than that, uh, we built a very uh, significant team and, and within our organization. But at the same time, it's very, very clear to the leadership in the company that we work for the people in the organization and no one else. Who inspires you in name and beyond? Well, I don't know uh, if that person was uh, inspiring to me. I think that uh, I'd start at the very, very beginning. Uh, it was uh, my Latin teacher, Hazel Earl, who was 68 years old uh, when I had her. and. Uh, I always had the intent of going to college, and um, unfortunately, until I graduated my junior year, I didn't realize that I needed uh, two years of language. And Mrs. Earl, who would, in my opinion, uh, had the ability to get one's attention unlike anyone else, and uh, she allowed me to take Latin one and Latin two at the same time. I never worked harder for any teacher ever than ever before and uh, I didn't want to disappoint her and she made it very clear when I started that she would work me harder than I'd ever experienced which she did and she never she promised never to give me anything and I had to earn it the old-fashioned way and but the one thing that I learned from Hazel Earl was never 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 say can't. And as a result of that, uh, uh, as the years went by, uh, the gentleman that really gave me an education, and, and I have an extensive library at my home that is about him, is Winston Churchill, who was a significant leader, who was a person that used that same saying, never give in, meaning never give up, and he didn't. Uh, and I can promise you, and I know, and most of us do know, that the world would be a very different place today if it hadn't been for that one man. And one man can make a difference. One person can make a difference as long as they don't give up, and as long as is, um, they have moral capacity, build that into their process and sensitivity to reality, and at the same time, create an environment of collaboration where they get people to pull in the same direction and and work together. And uh, that's exactly what we've done at Chimbro. I don't do it. It's the people that do it every single day. I'm just uh, in a temporary position. I have the responsibility overall uh, for the organization, but I know it's only temporary and I can't change that. I don't like that. Um, at all. I don't like the thought of having to retire and, and, and to give up uh, my position, uh, but you can be assured of one thing. Uh, when I leave, the team that will uh, take over will have the same philosophy, the same understanding and, uh, and responsibility that, that it means that we take care of our people and our clients and uh, have a little fun along the way. You've been mentioned for years as a potential candidate for governor. I know I want to thank you for announcing your candidacy here today. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but you said before, I believe, that you know 
the people at Chinbro are your number one priority, and that was one of the reasons why you never did. Uh, what advice would you give to the next leaders of the state? What are the first and most important things you think they should do? I think that collaboration is, is very, very important. Um, the real strength in our organization comes from the people, but the people working together toward a common goal and, and really understanding how they can affect and impact uh, outcome. And so when, when, when we speak of uh, that collaboration, it can come from anywhere. And, and we need to work hard at that on a go-forward basis. Um, first of all, there are a number of examples of success uh, that um, the state has in the past and will have in the future that comes about uh, by uh, enabling some of those things that we have and, and, and building on them to grow an economy that's very effective uh, on a go-forward basis. And, and I'll give you some examples. If you, if you look at uh, a number of brands, there's, a, there's an organization in the state uh, that was started by Betty Noyce that I greatly admire, and it was called Libra Foundation. And Betty Noyce was, was a great philanthropist uh, for the state, did some wonderful, wonderful things, and, and, and her focus was the economy. How do we do this? And they, Libra Foundation has, has built uh, a brand that is quite unique uh, compared to any main company uh, that exists here, with the exception of one or two. And, and, and so if you go uh, up north in Aroostook County, you'll see uh, an entity that is um, related to growing beef uh, in, in the north. And it's natural beef. And that brand sells to Whole Foods, you know, all the way to the Mississippi River and many places to the, places to the south. Uh, by growing that brand, it not only grows beef up there, but it put a lot of grain farmers back to work and, and supporting the needs to feed these beef, which are transported uh, outside uh, of the state of Maine processed and sold on a very profitable basis. And that model works because Maine, Maine has a brand that's quite unique and it, and it works for them. They've also uh, moved south uh, down to the Holton area and they, um, they're selling processed potatoes prepared to go in a microwave that again is sold at Whole Foods and many other stores uh, using uh, a brand that was founded by the McCrum family and and has been very, very successful. In fact, that company, as I understand it, uh, is in the process of being sold. Why? Because it's significantly successful. And then down in the Portland area, uh, the Pineland brand of cheese and, and meat and all of those things, uh, again, very successful. Uh, and, and it's a brand. It's, it's a brand of Pineland, but at the same time, if you really look closely, they're teaching us indirectly on how to how to brand themselves, how to market themselves, and and do very very well. These brands are, are super successful, and and then I'll use another brand, which which is the Maine Lobster. When I have to travel to Texas, 
and I and and visit some of these restaurants in particular state steakhouse which is very popular you you can't walk into a steakhouse for the most part and use in Texas without seeing a great big tank with Maine lobsters in it and Maine brand being promoted but the real issue is the brand because Maine doesn't produce five-pound lobsters or three-pound lobsters. Everything's big in Texas. We know that. But why why are they saying Maine brand and not Canadian brand? Because that's where those big lobsters come from. It's Maine brand because Maine sells. Or, or I challenge anyone to go into New York City and stand on a street corner in Manhattan any day of the week between the hours of 8 and 4 in the afternoon, and within one hour you're going to see a Poland Spring truck. What's that say about Maine? It says that Maine brand works. So I would suggest, when it comes to food and selling things out of state, that we build on the Maine brand and do it in a collaborative way, because many Maine companies don't have the ability to develop the distribution in some of these metropolitan areas. and But these companies I just mentioned know how to do that. They know how to build on the brand. So work in a collaborative manner to, to promote what Maine has to offer and Maine has to sell. And, and we've got a great reputation. Our people have a great reputation in the workforce outside of the state. How do we build on it? How do we collaborate? How do we work together to, to advance this economy that is very, very challenging uh, in, the, in the northern part of the state? How do we do that? And, and that would be one piece of advice work in a collaborative manner, work together, and and not, it doesn't take government, it takes us, all of us, working together to advance this economy. It's our responsibility. It's not always government's responsibility. It isn't up to one person, it's up to all of us. And granted, we're very busy in what we do every day and running our business, but the collaboration makes it a lot more fun, makes it far more effective, and then we don't have to deal with as many social programs and these issues that, that we're confronted with uh, on a day-by-day basis uh, in terms of advancing this economy that we live in. I had a lot of friends who worked in Bar Harbor on the coast in the food industry during the summer. And then in the wintertime, they would go down to Austin, Texas, or some other place because there were no tourists in Maine in the wintertime, or not as much. And they said, you tell somebody that you're from Maine and you're looking for a job in Texas, they'll hire you. That's all they need to know, that Maine has this reputation out of the state, that we're hard workers, we're we're here to work, uh, and we'll get the job done. Absolutely. And and I would agree uh, that that is the case. And the unfortunate thing is we don't promote it. The unfortunate thing is that people from away don't understand that uh, and comprehend it. We have to show them. We have to talk to them about it. I think that's one of the advantages that we've had as a company here in this state is that we really understand it, not within, just within the boundaries of Maine, but outside of the boundaries of Maine. We've got a, a wonderful place to live, and we've got a wonderful place to work. The challenge is that uh, we have been unable now for years, over 20 years, 25 years, to recognize that and advance, advance it to the extent that we need to. What motivates me 
on a day-by-day basis to say what I'm saying is is the people. I know this state very, very well. From I was born in Caribou. I know the, the county. I know Piscataquis County. I know Washington County. I know Somerset County, right to the borders of Maine. And I, it, the hardships that the people that live in these communities uh, face are, are unimaginable. And, and, and that's why we've got this significant out-migration, not only in these counties or these areas, but the entire state of Maine. These people are simply looking for an opportunity to provide themselves, and it's not here, and particularly in those areas. And that's a very unfortunate thing. And the answer is not social programs. It is, it is an opportunity to provide for themselves uh, and their families. And these people are very proud. Uh, many of them don't want a handout. They don't want to live hand to mouth. And, and, and so it, it's not just up to government. It's up to all of us to, to show them the way, to, to uh, talk about what it takes to be successful. And, and you know, I, I'm here today not because I have the time to do these things. It's because, you know, I believe there's a better way and there's an opportunity for these people. And, but it requires all of us pulling in the same direction and doing the right things and giving people an opportunity, showing them that they can too be successful uh, in the future. Yeah, part of it is educating the people within the state of Maine. And we have a worse attitude towards ourselves sometimes than the rest of the country does. The brand of Maine across the country means quality, innovation, the Yankee ingenuity, hard work and in in the state of Maine you know we just keep saying oh Maine's a terrible place to do business and there are challenges but like Chinbro shows and like all these other companies show you can be very successful at doing business in Maine sure there there you know education isn't the only answer uh, we're we're very blessed to have uh, uh, been here for many many years and since 1949 as a company, corporation. And so we know and we understand uh, it's very difficult to attract organizations to come here to make investments uh, in this state. And, and you're absolutely right. The quality of life is second to none. But I would uh, suggest that also in some parts of the state there is no quality of life to the extent it should be. And quality of life is a job. Quality of life is providing for you yourself it isn't just the quality of place it's it's being independent and and one of the challenges we have in the state today is the independent side of it people are extremely independent and and as i stated earlier we don't know how to work together to the extent we we should or could uh we we see that all the time uh we we've we've survived for many many years being independent and, but that isn't the solution. That isn't the answer. And it's, it's working together. It's being collaborative. It's, it's, it's not just one way. It's that collaboration. It's that understanding that when you work together, you've got much greater strength. That if, if you simply uh, are objective about looking uh, into the future, the word change sometimes might denote to others that you're, you're doing something wrong. That's not the case. Our culture in the past was independence and being individuals and all, but at the same time, I think that there's tremendous strength in working together uh, on a go-forward basis, and, and I encourage people to do that 
uh, every day in our company. Uh, we have a, a lot of folks that could be independent, but collaboration's the name, and we're a team, and we succeed. We succeed as a result of working together. Uh, and if you're an individual and you're not part of the team, it's pretty darn difficult to be successful within the organization. And as a result, we're doing okay. What makes Maine special to you? Why do you live in Maine? Well, first of all, uh, I'm, I was born here, uh, and, and I lived here, and I know the people here very, very well in every corner of the state. They deserve an opportunity, and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to give them that opportunity outside of working in our company. I will help any organization, anybody from Maine, to be successful and help to get them to understand that they too can be successful. There's no magic here. There's no super intelligence here. It's about uh, the collaboration I speak of and, and listening to one another and understanding one another and, and, and really understanding uh, what happens uh, beyond the borders of this state as well. And to really uh, see the future for what it has to offer and make the necessary adjustments uh, on a go-forward basis and not wait to be told or uh, not have to wait uh, to have it legislated or a, a law to tell us what's right and what's wrong. It's, you know, the safety aspect of what we did many years ago. Back in 87, we had an impact on federal uh, changing the federal laws that OSHA has imposed on this uh, industry as well as other industries. You know, is our that's a moral responsibility. It's doing the right thing, and and when we know that and we understand it, and we look the other way, then it's going to be somebody else's responsibility, and no one else is going to be doing it. And essentially, that's what we try to do. It, whether it's dealing with our customers and our clients, whether it's dealing uh, with the public aspects of of these communities that we work in, is trying to help, being part of the solution, not kind of the part of the problem. And it, it, it's much more fun that way. Uh, and at the same time, uh, you get a lot closer to success than you would if you say it's somebody else's job. Thank you so much for joining us today, Pete Bigu, CEO of Chinbro. Have a great day. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. The pleasure is all ours. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you for listening to Maine Quality, where community leaders share their vision for Maine. I'm your host, Orion Breen. This has been an MPG podcast brought to you by WMPG and the University of Southern Maine. Be sure to check out all the available podcasts at wmpg.org.